Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Welcome to Lifehouse, all of you that are online. We thank you for your just participation, for tuning in. I pray that God ministers in a very special way this day to your heart in Jesus' name. We are in Luke chapter 22. We are speaking and sharing about hope over chaos. The world is in trouble. The world is uh, in a chaotic state. Uh, Chaos is confusion along with um, inaction or confusion along with disorder. And you don't know what to do because things don't make sense. And in our lives, there is what is called universal chaos. That chaos that's beyond your purview, beyond your sphere of influence. That is chaos that is orbiting around beyond your gravity. You, you don't have that. It's what's happening to the nations, what's happening to this country, what's happening to the state, city, other people. That's their domain. Uh, and then there's personal chaos. That is when, when chaos visits you by way of relationships and by way of your domain or your sphere of influence. That could be your job, your work, your career, your dreams or aspirations. Some of us are developing or working on something, and then all of a sudden it breaks apart. The Greek word for chaos is abyss, deep and dark. Something where, like at the beginning, where the Bible says in the beginning, there was uh, chaos, there was disorder, there was darkness, uh, and there was a, this, this lack of order Uh, until the Spirit of God moved upon the uh, face of the water and brought order. Jesus began to bring order to a chaotic uh, world that was first emerging as it was being uh, created by God and Christ himself. Uh, Then there is personal chaos, is that which already gyrates. It's things and people that are within your orbit, your friends, your family, especially children and grandkids. And then all of a sudden, something goes awry, it goes wrong, and then all of a sudden, your life is also spun out of control, and you feel like, whoa, how do I get uh, control of this situation? That is personal. The worst kind of chaos is when it's inner chaos. It's, it's not so much what's happening outside. It's not the storm that is raging. It's not the challenges that you're facing. It's not your other individuals that are part of your orbit. As long as you have peace in your heart, as long as the storm is not with, raging within you, you're in good shape. The problem is when the storm begins to rage in you, when there's chaos and confusion and disorder uh, and, and things are just uh, in, in a uh, havoc. You're just, you're just un- unfolding in a way that is beyond your control and your purview to understand and to bring things into order. And that's where hope comes in. That's where Christ comes in. That's where this relationship that you have with God, and I pray that you have it right with God, His voice speaking His direction. If God put order and called this world into existence by speaking the word, he said, let there be light, and there was light. And all of a sudden, to that darkness, there was light. And it, through the Spirit of God, he hovered on the water, the face of the water, and he brought order, and he separated darkness from light. He separated land from the ocean. And there are things in your life that God needs to speak to. There needs to be separation. There needs to be definition. You need to define what is God saying versus to what are you saying. Uh, what do you want versus what does God want? Where are you going versus where is God leading you? Because if you follow your own devices, if you uh, ignore God's voice and God's plan for your life, you will be embracing uh, the end results and the negative outcomes of, of a chaotic world in your life. 
Uh, We're speaking uh, today on the subject of Peter the Denier. Peter the Denier as part of our series that it'll take us to um, Easter, where we're going to be speaking about just the hope, Christ Jesus, the hope of glory, and in a way that I hope is consistent and and relevant to your needs and where you're at for those of you online and for those of you that are on this service today. Uh, We want to see Jesus as the deliverer. Jesus is the deliverer. Uh, Jesus is the hope. He's the hope of glory. Jesus is our uh, who we worship. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our strength. He is the door when you're confused. He is your water to satiate your thirst. He is the bread of life to satiate your hunger. Uh, Jesus is the power for every believer. And Jesus has come here uh, or is here present in your life. If you're a believer, uh, Jesus is the hope of glory. He's the hope of glory. How many say amen? That means in a world that is chaotic, confused, uh, and in disarray and disorderly, where there's no harmony, Jesus comes and delivers uh, and uh, makes our day complete and our, our life fulfilled. Uh, today we're going to talk about Peter the denier, and that there is a Peter in all of us, just like there is a Judas in all of us, the capacity, the capacity to betray yourself, to betray a loved one, to betray God, to betray uh, Jesus himself, but also there, I think that a step right, right below betrayal is denial, is being someone who denies Christ, who, who uh, buffets him, who rejects him, or who stiffs arms uh, God's attempts to woo you, to talk to you, to encourage you to, to run the risk, uh, to obey God, to say, stay true to your mission, stay true to your calling. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Judas uh, or, or uh, Thomas the doubter, Mary Uh, Magdalene and John, the devoted, Uh, Mary, the mother of Christ, the devastated when she's at the foot of the cross and sees her son, the sword that she spoke of will cross that Hannah or Simon says a a sword will pierce your heart. And for moms out here, for moms and and even dads, uh, it is nothing more more, uh, hurtful, more painful than when the sword of a loved one that passes away uh, you are in a service, a funeral service, or a loved one that, that leaves, that, that is really struggling because no happiness, uh, a parent cannot be any happier. The parent's quotient, by the way, of happiness is where is the lowest level? Who is the son or the daughter that is struggling the most? That is your level of happiness and contentment. No father can enjoy a greater level of fulfillment than the lowest of his children or grandchildren's struggles. And that is a, a really, just just if you receive that, uh, and so you say, okay, so I've got to work on these relationships. I've got to pray and see my child, my son, my daughter, my grandchildren, because that is going to be basically the top. That is going to be uh, the, 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 the greatest point uh, and, uh, of your uh, success or your fulfillment. And uh, today I want to just remind you that in a world that overpromises and underdelivers, Jesus, Jesus promised and he delivers. That we live in a world that oh, all the time, some of us do it, maybe not even wanting to, but we overpromise and we underdeliver. Jesus promises and he delivers what he promises. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says that uh, for all the promises, uh, all the promises of God in him, in Christ Jesus, are yes. All his promises in scripture in Christ are yes for you. The promises to bless you, to encourage you, to enlarge you, to lead you, to provide you with wisdom. Uh, with direction, all the promises of you being the head and not the tail, the promises of redemption, the promises that he is with you, uh, the blessing and the promise that Jesus Christ is your righteousness, 
that faith through Christ Jesus uh, by grace brings you salvation. Not only salvation, but withstanding. You are standing, you are sitting in heavenly and in, in places of authority with Christ Jesus because that's his blessing. That is his word. That is, that is the promise that he's given us uh, that we are his heirs uh, and that we inherit these blessings and these promises. Not only are they yea in him, but in him they're amen. Amen means that let it be so. It will be so uh, to the glory of God through us, through the glory of God through us. How many say amen? How many say amen? Uh, so only Jesus can deliver you. Only Jesus can deliver you from you. So you are the biggest challenge that God has. You are your own biggest challenge. It's not your, your, your friend, your, your parents. It's not your past. It's not your spouse. Uh, you think it might be your spouse. It's not your children. Uh, your biggest challenge to, uh, and the person that needs the most deliverance today is you. Uh, your hang-ups, your hurts, your habits, the hurdles that, that you've already uh, or that you're attempting to overcome. It's also your prejudices, your pain, and your pride, and your past. You are your greatest challenge uh, to be able to move beyond. And Jesus came here to deliver you. The Bible says that the Son of Man appeared to undo uh, the works of the enemy, the pain, and the hurt, and the, the stains that sin leaves in our hearts. Uh, only Jesus can deliver you from those, this world's grip. Uh, there is an incredible attraction to this world. It doesn't matter what we say. We are attracted to this world and to materialism. We want better things, finer things. We want more things. Even though we say we want God, we love God, we're spiritual, the truth of the matter is that the gravitational pull of Egypt, of this world, is so intense, so strong, that many of us just fall short over and over and over, and we go right back uh, what, what happened to the uh, Israelites when they were taken out of Egypt. Uh, they were taken out of Egypt, but Egypt never left them. They always kept thinking of, oh, I had this, I had that in the past. And, and, and Egypt, wherever God is bringing you from, you have to be careful. There's always the temptation to go back and say, it wasn't that way over there. Uh, I had it better here. Or there's a one time where, it, where, where what happens is that you keep reflecting on the past and it keeps you blinded to the future, to the things that God has in front of you. Only Jesus can deliver you from you, from this world's grip, uh, from uh, the destructive behaviors. All of us, if we're not careful, can form habits uh, and just idiosyncrasies, just little things that, 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 that over time create great havoc. Just little mishaps, behaviors, permission that you give yourself to, to, uh, to act in ways that are under uh, or, or below what God has for you, either through scripture or through behavior that is in keeping with, with a believer uh, that is becoming to a, with a believer. Destructive behaviors. Can you identify something? Identify. It could be uh, something that has to do just as, as um, maybe as, um, as just as superficial as a diet or the lack of exercise or the lack of focus or the lack of, of, of a reading uh, uh, um, a quotient for your, for your heart or for your life. Just behaviors that, that are not in keeping with God's best plan for your life. Uh, there are those that are destructive behaviors that, that are form fixations, obsessions, addictions uh, that are destructive. And many, many people, many people that we love are engaged in destructive behaviors. Uh, and just make sure that you're not one of those individuals because Jesus came to deliver you from yourself, from the grip of this world, from destructive behaviors, but also your corrosive and your corrupt past. All of us have a past that we need to learn from, but we need to leave uh, we, we need to learn and appreciate the lessons and then leave behind. Uh, and then Jesus came to deliver you from your dead life. Uh, and I pray that if you're a born again believer, I, I, you already have newness of life, but I pray that your life, your objectives and your goals are alive. I pray that they're connected with God's plan.
Because a lot of us are still living dreams of the past that are dead. They should be dead. And Jesus wants to deliver you from your dreams. You think that dream is still active. It's still, um, you know, it's still t- uh, engaging for today. You think that that dream is still viable. But for a lot of us, that dream is just a, something, uh, a source of pain or, or, or pride. And you need to leave certain things because he came to deliver you from dead dreams and then from dead ends. Do you know how many people as a high school principal uh, I had to encounter or I encountered young men and young ladies that were taking away their life, that want, they were suicidal. They reached a dead end and they were only 14. They reached a dead end and they were only 16. And I would see, I would, in my conversation, I would see you have no idea how much future you have for you because you're missing the one ingredients, the one person that can deliver you from your dead end. That's Jesus Christ. When somebody doesn't see hope, when, when, when all somebody sees is chaos, young man, young lady, you, you just see your mistakes. You just see your, your uh, propensity to stumble, your proclivity to fall short. And after a while, you think you're stuck. All you see are dead ends. But when you see Christ Jesus, he will deliver you from death and from your dead ends and from your dead dreams. And he will give you new dreams. We're going to talk about Peter and his denying of Christ and what takes a person, what takes a a, a believer, uh, a person that genuinely wants to love God or loves God, wants to serve God. Uh, and in case of in Peter's case, he walked three and a half years with Christ Jesus. We're going to see some of the characteristics. And yet uh, he overestimated himself. And yet he underestimated himself at the same time. Uh, let's just start with scripture. Luke chapter 22, uh, Jesus warned Simon. Here it is. Here's the warning the warning for everybody, everybody. In this scripture, you'll see Jesus talk to Simon and us. So he says in Luke uh, 22, uh, verse 31, Simon, Simon. Now you know that when somebody calls your name twice, you're in trouble, okay? When somebody says your name twice. I grew up with my mom and he says, Saul, Saul, I was in trouble. It wasn't commendation. She wasn't gonna bless me. It wasn't a good thing. Uh, so here's Christ Jesus Uh, talking to to Simon Peter, and he begins by saying, Simon, Simon, and I want everybody to hear your voice uh, or your name twice. He says, uh, now here it is, Simon, Simon, Satan. Now that's how Jesus starts. Simon, Simon, Satan. Satan has asked to sift, and then he addresses the other disciples and us, uh, each of you. He's asked to sift each of you like wheat, But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. I have pleaded. I have gone into prayer and I have prayed for you so that your faith will not falter or stumble or fall short. Continues saying, Peter said, here is, here's Peter. Peter says, Lord, I am ready to go to prison uh, with you and even uh, to die with you. Uh, What presumptuousness. Uh, here's God himself, Emmanuel, telling Jesus, hey, telling Peter, uh, this is what's going to happen. Uh, he's uh, all-knowing, and Peter should know better already because the Bible says that Jesus knows, knows what everyone was thinking, what's in, pe- in men's heart. And so here's Jesus trying to help Simon, trying to warn him, trying to prepare him, and Simon has nothing to do with it. He is closed-minded. He's in denial. He's already, uh, you know, in his Peter modality. Lord, I'm ready to go with, uh, to prison uh, with you and even die with you, he says. Uh, but, but Jesus says to Peter, Peter, let me tell you something. There's another version that says, let me tell you the truth. Uh, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. You're going to deny me. And so let's talk a little bit about Peter and some of his characteristics, some of the things that made Peter unique 
is that Peter is called by Jesus. I hope that all of you know and that you enjoy a calling. That you are today here, if you're standing born again, is because now God not only wanted to save you from you and save you from hell and save you from this world, but God wanted to call you, save you, and call you to ministry, to be effective, to be connected. And Peter enjoyed a calling where Jesus himself says, Peter, follow me. Peter was the only disciple to walk on water. That is a unique privilege that Peter earned when he was daring, a faith that was daring, and he saw Christ walking, and he says, if it is you, bid me. Just ask me, invite me to walk with you. And he did. We don't know if it was for five minutes, uh, you know, uh, 10 minutes, uh, how long, but he did. The truth is that he walked on water. And I pray that you also learn how to walk on water. And that means walking in the supernatural. You don't have to walk on literally water. I don't want to recommend it. Please don't try to do that. But I'd like for you to walk in the supernatural, to do the things that Jesus did, to do the things that God has called you to do, to call those things that are not as though they were. To see those things begin to move and unfold in the same spiritual, natural, uh, supernatural way that Peter was able to walk on water. I want everybody, just would you repeat with me? Would you say, bid me? Say it again, bid me. Uh, or have, have God ask you to do something that he did. Because if you do that, uh, you'll find yourself enjoying the same uh, supernatural agency, power, anointing, grace, favor, wisdom, Uh, that God gives all men and all women that ask, God, just ask me. Uh, ask me to do something, uh, and he will. Jesus, um, Peter witnessed Jesus' miracles, the greatest miracles ever performed on the face of this earth. Jesus was, uh, Peter was a firsthand witness in the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, just, just Jesus was transfigured. He, this light that shone, the Bible says, shone greater than the sun. His clothes were radiating white. Uh, here's Moses, here's uh, the prophet Elijah. Both of them, Jesus is center stage and God is telling these the disciples, Peter, James, and John, the founders of the church, the people that were going to move the church to the next level uh, through the dispensation of grace. Thank you, Moses, check. Thank you, uh, Elijah, check. Uh, this is my son, who am I well pleased in. Uh, hear ye him. This is the man. This is about what every book and every Bible or in all scripture, this is Jesus, hear ye him. And that was totally Uh, transformational, totally um, uh, um, uh, earth-chattering for, for three Jewish boys that grew up thinking Moses is the man and Elijah is the prophet. And then the voice says, no, Jesus is both a combination. Jesus is my beloved son. Hear ye him. How many say amen? So he had this revelation. Uh, Peter confessed that Jesus is the son of God, the Messiah, the son of the living God by way of revelation from heaven. Um, blessed are thou, Simon Peter, um, son of Jonah, for flesh, uh, no, flesh or blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven, has revealed my true identity, that I am the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed, uh, the son of God, the son of the living God. And then Peter uh, promises, he promises Uh, that he would never deny Jesus, and yet he did. Those are just some of the characteristics, uh, uh, the flavor of who Peter is. And let no make mistake, I don't plan to bash Peter. I have no, he's a, a 10 times, 100 times greater uh, the person that I, I aspired to be, if you will. Um, and a lot of people use Peter's, Peter's weaknesses or his pitfalls or his failures uh, to justify their own uh, or to feel like somehow we're superior to St. Peter And that would be a big, big mistake. Um, um, so I, I'm not here to bash Peter. So what, watch this. So they came and arrested Jesus that same night, Luke 
22, verse 54, they arrested him. The Sanhedrin and the Roman soldiers came. The government and the religion came, organized religion. And they led him to uh, the priest's home, which is Annas and Caiaphas, Caiaphas, his son-in-law. And Peter followed at a distance. What I want you to see is that Peter followed at a distance. So you say, Pastor, what are the makings of failure? What are the makings of somebody who's going to denial deny Christ, somebody who's going to fall short. Um, and, and so I want to just start with the fact that Peter followed at a distance. I want to tell you that, that following Jesus at a distance was a lack of pursuing spiritual disciplines, that Jesus invited Peter just two hours from before this happened, just an hour. He was in, in, in um, the Mount of Olives and, and, and Jesus was praying and invited John, James, and Peter, pray with me, stay with me, watch with me, watch Stay awake with me. One hour, one hour, one hour, one hour. And just the fact that Peter didn't have, or James or John for that matter, didn't have the impetus. They didn't have the desire. They didn't have the discipline. Uh, they, had no, they were not aware of the momentous uh, time frame that they, they were living. They were living history. And Jesus, in less than 14 hours, listen to me, just from the wee hours of the morning, right there, probably one or two o'clock in the morning in, in, uh, in Gethsemane. Today, he says, Jesus, today, when they're having the, celeb- the supper, he says, today, you're going to betray me. Tonight, this night, you're going to betray me. Just a few hours, uh, Jesus is warning the disciples. And 14 hours later, Jesus is already in the grave. I want to say that. So, so Jesus goes through two trials, each trial uh, with the Sanhedrin and the other with the government, with uh, Caesar. Uh, um, and he goes through two trials. Each trial has three phases. All of it is beginning to happen in just hours, just hours. Uh, by 9 o'clock, he's arrested or he's condemned. By 12 o'clock, he's in the cross. By 3 o'clock, Jesus is dead. That same day on Friday, by 6 o'clock, he's buried sealed in a tomb and buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And so what I want to tell you is that sometimes you think, we think we have the luxury of time. Uh, you think that you have all this time to get your act together. And the truth of the matter is that sometimes events could go way uh, much, much more accelerated that you and I can even think of or imagine. But I want you to just put yourself in, in Peter's shoes that his, his decision to follow Christ at a distance his failure to be true to his word. I will go to prison. I will die for you. All of that stemmed from that weakness, that, that moment of, 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 of being uh, weak, if you will, um, and, and fell short, I believe stemmed from overconfidence, but also from the fact that he could not pray. He did not have the desire, the discipline uh, to stay with Jesus in prayer. So what did Jesus say? Uh, pray, watch and pray. Uh, be vigilant and be, have a prayer life so that you fall not into temptation, so that you're able to resist temptation. And then he took the decision, he made the decision to follow Jesus at a distance, comfortable. Too close, uh uh-uh, too much heat. Um, Too far, I'll lose him. And most of us, that's where we are. I am convinced that most of us follow Jesus just around our sphere of comfort, on our comfort zone. We don't want to get too close because a lot of us have tried to maybe serve and it hurts when we serve and we fail. We serve and maybe a church doesn't appreciate us. And because no church is perfect, no church is perfect, no pastor is perfect, you're not perfect. So if you find a perfect church, don't join it. Because the day you join it, it becomes imperfect, okay? It'll no longer be perfect, I promise you. The day you join that perfect church, boom! Uh, um, uh, Just be patient with me, because I'm barely getting started. Look at these people, these people are enjoying. But you can help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I can't, I can't do it, but uh, I wish I could. <laughs> but you know how to play. Yeah, maybe. If, okay, if I hit it on the head, do that, okay? And we'll practice. Um, I forgot we're recording. 
For those of you online, in Jesus' name, we're back with you. Uh, we're back with you in Jesus' name. <laughs> uh, so I want you to just know this. This is so true. Listen, the cost of following Jesus is high. It's, I'm not, there's no equivocation. There's, not, there's no sugarcoating it. There's a high price. The Bible says that narrow is the way and, and straight is the gate. Uh, that, that, that lead to salvation, that lead to eternal life. And few are the ones that choose to walk that narrow uh, gate, go through that narrow gate, or uh, narrow is the way. Wide and spacious is the way, the road and the, the door, the gate that leads to perdition, that leads to brokenness, that leads to shattered dreams. That's, your, that's the road most people take because it's comfortable. Because you got a lot of wiggle room. I, uh, hopefully that didn't record. Uh, you got a lot of wiggle room. Like, like you give yourself permission to do all kinds of things and use grace uh, as a license to, to give yourself permission, to be permissive, to sin. Uh, the cost of following Jesus is high. The cost of following Jesus at a distance is higher. Just ask Peter. Uh, it's higher. So the more you try to find that comfort zone because you think that it's easier, it's better, I'll come to church when I can, et cetera, et cetera. I'll give if I feel like it, or I'll serve, or you know what, I don't like that church, or I don't like him, or you know, I try, but it, and so we have all these excuses that come up naturally because you are following Jesus at a comfort, at a reasonable distance, too close, too much heat, too far, you lose him, and you don't want to lose him because you're somebody who loves God, just like Peter loved Christ. I want to challenge everybody that walking and following Jesus at a distance is a conscious decision. It's something that you and I do uh, more than you think. And then, but the cost of not following Jesus is incalculable. Of not following Jesus is incalculable. Um, that what happens is this story. I want you to go with me for those of you online. Uh, Luke 22, verse 55. Uh, Peter enters this courtyard of, of where the Sanhedrin meets. It's the home of Caiaphas, who is now the priest, and Annas is his father-in-law. He used to be the high priest, but he still is the power that rocks. No, that's wrong. That's the wrong metaphor. I was going to say he's the hands that rock the cradle, but that's a woman. But he's the power behind the throne. Annas is the power behind the throne. And they devised a plot to kill Jesus. So the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. Peter joined them. He's trying to blend in. The, the mistake of trying to blend in and be part of this world. He joins them there. A servant girl noticed, his him, noticed him in the, in, the, in the firelight. So there's a flame. And he's, she begins to stare, begins staring at him. And finally she says, this man was one of Jesus' followers. This man was one of Jesus' followers. She's saying it with, with certitude, with confidence. Now, I pray, I pray, I pray that when you go out uh, in public or there at work, I pray there are people saying, this lady right here, this man right here, he's a follower of Jesus. I hope you are accused of the same way, of the same thing, of being a follower of Jesus, that the way you comport yourself, the way you talk, the way you move, your speech, your manner of speech, your conduct, your eyes, uh, everything about you say over and over, this is a follower of Jesus. I pray that you would have the same uh, distinguishing characteristics. But watch Peter. Uh, Peter uh, then, uh, but Peter denied it. Says, woman, he said, I don't even know him. Dun, dun, dun. I don't even know him. You've got to be kidding me. Three and a half years. Miracles. Uh, walking on water. Seeing Jesus be transfigured. Uh, seeing Lazarus raised from the dead. Uh, seeing that demon possessed uh, uh, from, Gadara, from Gadara being delivered. 
And then he has the temerity, the audacity to say, I don't know him. And before you start blaming Peter, I'd like for you to take a reflective look at yourself. And after a while, someone looked at him and said, another person, uh, you must be one of them. You must be. And Peter says, no, man, I'm not. Uh, Peter retorted about an hour later. This, this whole thing is a two-hour event. So Jesus, uh, Peter is there. Jesus is being uh, um, judged and beaten. And simultaneously or concomitantly, here's, here's Jesus' trial going on. At the same time that Peter's in the courtyard, his trial is going on. Uh, there are two trials going on some simultaneously. Jesus is passing his with flying colors. Uh, Jesus is saying the right thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus hardly spoke. Uh, and they, he let them accuse them. And all he says, that's what you say. Are you saying that you're the Messiah? That's what you say. And there's all kinds of just, if you go back and read John, it's powerful. Uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Matthew sheds light. Luke sheds light on, on that particular trial. But what I want to tell you is that Peter is failing his. Every step of the way, he's fulfilling uh, the prophecy that Christ said to him. Uh, and he is unaware that he is fulfilling the prophecy that Christ told him. Uh, you must be that man. Uh, there, and about an hour later, uh, someone else insisted. You must be one of them because he is a Galilean. He is a Christian. Uh, Galilean was a part of the, where he came and his dialect gave him away. But, but Peter says, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The rooster crowed. Uh, I don't know what alarm bell God is ringing in your life and what rooster is crowing as a sign or as evidence that you and I have fallen short of our promises. I don't know what God is saying. I don't know what is happening around you. What crow, what rooster is crowing saying, you promised, uh, you fell short. I know that for me, when, when my wife and I were asking God for a family and things got long and desperate, I began to make God promises. <laughs> I told God one day, God, if you give us just one kid, ask me anything you want. And, uh, and I felt like God saying, I'm going to ask you to give up your career. I felt that in my heart. And I said, God, I'll give up the career. So God is so gracious. He was so patient. He gave us one, two, three, four, and no more. We said, ya no, ya no. Like in six years, we had four kids. We didn't know what to do with all of them. Orale. Okay, orale is like a Greek word, by the way. It's, a, it's deep Hebrew for whoa. Uh, <laughs> And then one morning, uh, six years ago, one morning, uh, I was wake, you know, I was praying early in the morning, and God says, I've come to collect. And I go, excuse me? Like, collect what? I've come to collect on the promise you made me. I want you to transition. I want you to let go of your job. I want you to let go of the career, uh, the pension, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I want you to serve me. I want you to serve me full time. Why? Because... Uh, I don't know what uh, Sunday, March, whatever, 20th today, because on March 20th, on 2021, somebody's going to be here in the house of God, and I'm going to speak to them, and I'm going to have them change their life forever. That's why I want you to give up something to serve, give, give God everything, because somebody here, God is going to change your destiny, uh, because God comes, and he, the rooster crows, the rooster crows. Real quickly, uh, so uh, Peter denied Jesus. Because he followed him at a distance. Secondly, because he himself was in denial. Peter was in denial. There are some things that conceit, arrogance, boasting. Uh, and he was bordering on being blasphemous. Peter was bordering on blasphemy. Because this is God saying, Peter, this and this is going to happen. 
And he's saying, you don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never deny you. I will never betray you. I will die with you. I will never. Just, just the arrogance, the, presumptive, the presumptuous a spirit that Peter, uh, watch this. So, so Jesus told him, tonight, all of you, Matthew 26, tonight, all of you will desert me. For it says in the Bible, for scripture says, but Peter says, what Bible? Scripture might be saying that, but I'm telling you that I'm going to contradict you. The Bible says that I will strike the shepherd uh, and the sheep uh, are, uh, of the flock will scatter. And then Peter declared, even if everyone, and he's pointing to these other guys, even if everyone deserts you, uh, not moi, moi, I will never desert you. The audacity, the presumptuous spirit, the pride, the arrogance, just, just the disconnect. The denial. He's in denial of what his real heart looks like. Uh, and Jesus replied, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Uh, I tell you the truth. Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Watch Peter. No, Peter insisted. Even if I, if I conceit, conceit, conceit pride, even if I have to uh, die with you. I will never deny you. I want everybody, everybody, just to, to see what you and I are capable uh, in the wrong moment, at the wrong time. If, you're not, if you don't have a prayer life like Peter, if you're not reading, if you're not growing, if you're not connected with, with two or three other people that are sharpening you, that you're walking with, if you're not doing life groups, if you're not reading with us, uh, the, reading with us the, the guide, just to, to read this whole Passion of Christ, uh, we're doing Luke 22, 23, and 24. The idea is to do the SOAP method, to read Scripture. The S is for Scripture. Uh, write down some observations. What is God telling you? What did God impress you? Take the time to write an application. Like, what is that going to do? How are you going to shift, change, or shift uh, your, your, your life or your lifestyle? And then the P is for prayer. Pray and say, God, uh, I'm reading. I'm growing. So Peter says, I'll never deny you. And thirdly, Peter denies Jesus, uh, not only because he followed him at a distance and not only because he was in denial, overestimated his strengths. Peter overestimated his strengths. But the reality is the, uh, he underestimated his weaknesses. He underestimated his weaknesses. And I think that that is very much in keeping with all of us. Our flesh will not allow you to see yourself as you really are in need of God, in need of intervention, of need of, of wisdom, in need of strength, in need of, uh, of supporting, a supporting cast of people that you do life with, other brothers and sisters with like-mindedness, like passion, like desires, like needs. And then God has called all of us, some of us, to, to be in a group and some of you to lead a life group, to be connected. To, to, it doesn't matter if it's a small, it doesn't matter if you venture, it doesn't matter if you're going to fail once, twice, or thrice. It doesn't matter. Are you obeying God? Why, why is failure so important? Uh, because, well, first of all, a lot of us think that we, we're, we're in, that we're strong. And Paul says, if you think that you're standing strong or firm or solid, be careful. Be careful because you're about to fall. You're careful. Be careful because you're about to fall. Uh, Peter says, I mean, uh, Paul says it this way in Philippians. For it is we, we, uh, who serve God by his spirit. We serve God, not because you're strong, but we serve God because he is strong. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says God. We serve God by his spirit. We boast uh, in Christ Jesus. Our strength, we boast in his strength and not in us. 
And we who put no confidence in the flesh. Say it with me. No confidence in the flesh. Say it with me one more time. No confidence in the flesh. So, so you don't dare go there. And at that moment when Peter is denying the rooster is crowing, Jesus is coming out of the house of Caiaphas. And as he's leaving, so Jesus is being led away. And then he stops right there. The rooster crows and he turns back and he gives a Peter a look, a gaze. It's not, I told you so. It's more like, you broke my heart. Uh, you broke my heart. Um, with that gaze, you broke my heart, Fredo. Uh, you don't look at the movie. It's too gory. It's not even good. It's not even healthy. It's not even Christian. I've never seen it before. I don't even know where, what, why this, like, it's just, I had the revelation or something. But you hurt my heart. It was like, like, ¿qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó is a Greek word. is a he deep Hebrew for, like, what happened? Like, where did you go wrong? Thank you for those of you that know Greek. ¿Qué pasó? Thank you very much. And so Jesus turned and looked at Peter, and right there, that moment, Peter remembers the words that flashed through his mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly, weeping bitterly. Let me, let me end here. Um, let me finish here. There's, there's the part two of, of, of what the, you know, how hope comes into this picture. Help me, guys. Hope comes in this picture because Jesus or God knows your chaos. He knows, he knows exactly where you're, where you're uh, standing, what's happening in your heart, your mind. He knows that there's chaos that's beyond your control. That's, that's not your business or mine. It's beyond my control. I can pray for this country. I, I, I will pray for those things that matter to our, our livelihoods. But it's personal chaos. People that are around me and that God has brought around my orbit. I have the gravity. And those are our orbits. Those are moons that orbit around my life, my family, my brothers, my sisters. Uh, and that, when that goes chaotic, when somebody is not in place, there's disorder, there's chaos, and there's havoc, then you're in trouble. But you're really in trouble when there's chaos in your heart, your soul. There's no rhythm, there's no rhyme, there's no reason, there's no order. You've lost your confidence, your spiritual standing with God. You're, you're feeling fear and distress and insomnia, uh, insomnia, you're an, an insomniac and you're just struggling and you're always nervous and this is going wrong, your finances, your the things that you were counting on are now going in a different direction. Right there, you call a timeout. God is trying to be the Lord of your life. God is trying to remind you that He's in control, that there's a reason why you call Him Lord. <laughs> there's a reason why we call Him Master. There's a reason why we call Him Savior and King and Almighty God and the Most High God that you never elevate your problems over the greatness of your God. Uh, that's an idol, by the way. Whenever you say, oh, woe is me and the problem, the problem, you're making that problem an idol. And God says, I shall have, you shall have no idols before me. There shall be no other gods before me. I am the God that delivered you out of Egypt, brought you out of bondage and brokenness and brought you to your marvelous light of salvation. Uh, and uh, how dare we at times just succumb and backtrack and start um, just, just having the sense of, of, of a nervous breakdown when we serve an awesome, mighty God. So God knows your chaos. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I just pray for those of you online right now in Jesus' name. I pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to you in a very powerful way. 
that he wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be your blesser. God wants to bring about just deliverance and healing um, and a new life, new life to you. In Jesus' name, he is the order. He is the hope. He is the peace in the midst of your chaos. In Jesus' name, give him your life and surrender her and he will come into your heart, change your life, change your circumstance, change your perspective and give you power to overcome, power for living to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, we bless you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.